0: We're not in, even into that. We're talking about things Christians believe and Christians say and, and Christians think that, that may or may not be true according to Scripture. So that's what we're looking at. So what we got into last week was uh, this idea of people say, well, sin is sin. All sin is the same. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of layers to that. So, you, you 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 know, we were talking about if sin is sin, even a little bit of sin. God's not okay with any of it. When, when Dave was a, an officer and was out writing tickets, sometimes he might, somebody might, might be speeding and he'd pull them over and, and, and he'd he let them off with a warning, a written warning. He might let them off without a warning. He said, that's oh, no big deal, just slow it down, be more careful. He, you know, he, he, he could do that. God doesn't do that. We talked about that last week. God doesn't do that. It's not that a sin is no big deal with God. All sin is a big deal with God. He is a holy God. But to take the other side of the coin and just say, all sin is the same. So a little white lie is the same as murdering someone. And when we kind of got to that, it's not the, it's not the same thing. Even, even where we kind of finished up in there was that there are different consequences. What was it we talked about? The blood. If they drank the blood. The life. The scriptures made it clear. The Bible talks about that life is in the blood. They, they were not to drink the blood. And if they did, they were cut off. So those in the, in the children of Israel, they were cut off from the others if they did that. But if they, if they ate an animal, they weren't supposed to eat an animal that had been, say they came up on a deer that a bear had mauled it, and they decided they were going to eat part of that. They weren't supposed to touch it. Or if an animal died naturally, they weren't supposed to touch that. If they touched it or if they ate of that, if they did something with that, they would be unclean until the evening. So there was different consequences it was wrong, it was sin, it was God said don't do it, they did it, and there were dis- different consequences. It needed to be made right, right? So if we sin, regardless of what it is, we need to make the situation right. We need to come to the Lord, and confess our sin, repent of what we're doing wrong, if we're doing something wrong, and, um, and get those things right. We talked about presumptuous sin. We got into that in, in, in Psalm 19, talking about presumptuous sin. I think I kind of wrapped up talking about Mike Tyson. Presumptuous sin is the sin where we go, oh, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I got this under control. I, you know, I, I can handle this. Or, or even if we put ourselves in a situation where we feel like, no, I, I, I got this. I can handle this. It's okay. I'm, I'm strong enough. That's being, that's being very presumptuous. David didn't linger around when there was an issue. What did David do? He fled. He left his coat of many colors, and he, and he fled. He, he let that thing go. He let it, and he didn't leave his coat of many colors. He left another coat. Coat of many colors was back with his dad. He probably had another one, though, you know. So uh, whatever he had, he, he left it. He, he, she grabbed on to him, and he let go of it and was gone. He didn't linger. Now, he could have said, yeah, I'm a strong guy. I'm a strong guy. I can handle this. This isn't a big deal. And what happens? The longer he's there, the, the longer he's in that situation, the greater chance that he's going to make a mistake. He's going to be pulled into it. You get away from temptation. You get away from problems. And uh, so the, the, the illustration was if you think you can handle it, you know, Scripture says, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So, I mean, you know, if, you, if you've got an arrogant spirit about you that you can handle it, well, that's no big deal. I can handle that. Money's not a temptation for me. Women aren't a temptation for me. You know, gluttony's not a temptation for me. Pride, pride's not a temptation for me. I mean, I wrote the book on humility. I can tell you. I mean, it's, in fact, it's, the, the, it's, it's probably the thing I'm proudest of is my humility. You know, it's, it's that. So if we get caught up in those things... We've we got to be careful because when you think you stand, you think you got it under control, that's, that's when you're going to have problems. It's when you, it's when you stay humble and you, and you acknowledge that, look, this could be a problem for me. Even if you don't think it could be a problem for you, don't be presumptuous. Flee it, right? Get out of there. And uh, so the, the, the thing with Tyson was because if you get in the ring with Mike Tyson and go, ah, that chump ain't going to knock me out. He couldn't knock me out. What's going to happen? You know what? He's not going to knock me out. He's going to knock my head off. It's not going to be, I'm going to be out. I'm going to be out permanently because he would take my literally take my head off. And, so, and, and sin is no less deadly and dangerous. Amen? So we pick up right there. Here's the problem when, when we act like little sin is not a big deal. So we'd say, look, because here's the, the, the truth. Little sin can lead, and most often it does lead, to big sin. Most people, most men, I'm just going to go with men, okay? Take a Christian man. Most Christian men who fall in immorality didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm going out today and having an affair. I'm going to go out and commit adultery today. That's not what happens. Somebody's walking with the Lord in the Word of God, in fellowship with with other believers, in church faithfully, if they are walking sincerely with the Lord, studying the Scripture, spending time in prayer, all of those things, they don't wake up one day and go, you know what, I'm going to go out and commit adultery today. It's a slide. And it starts with time away maybe from the Word, time away in the private time in prayer, time away from others, a distancing maybe from our brothers and sisters in Christ, getting away from church. It's a slide, and it can be a lot of different ways, but it'll start with a little sin. And then a little sin will lead to bigger sins. The psalmist warned that presumptuous sins lead to great transgressions. If we tolerate little sin, we're placing ourselves in great danger. Um, the greatest animal trainer in the world at one time. I don't know if he was the greatest ever. But his name was Gunther uh, Gable Williams, Gable-Williams. And he was the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. uh, Worked with that. He worked with the cats. And he was known as the Lord of the Rings. It's before the movies came out. He he was considered, he was probably a play on the books. But he was considered Lord of the Rings because I'm sure they had the cats jumping through the rings. He's training the cats. He said that before he, he retired, he felt he had lost some of his fear of the big cats, and he recognized the danger in that loss. How many of you remember um, Sieg, Siegfried and Roy? Yep. All right, and one of them, you know, he got, the, the cat attacked him, and, I mean, he was never the same. He, he mauled him, chewed on his head for a while. I mean, that sounds terrible, but when, when I watched them, I often, you, you know, you wonder, have, do they get too too familiar? Do they begin to miss out on the warning signs there? Do they just think, you know what, I got it. You're talking about a cat. You're talking about a big old animal that just like that can take you out. You can't drop your guard on that, right? Is Jesse back there? Where is that boy tonight? Oh. <laughs> Embarrassing when you know I won't do that. So Jesse is, some of you are aware, Jesse is, is training as an electrician. He's through his first year of, of uh, apprentice, electrician apprentice school. He's just doing great with it. I mean, they work with the big stuff. The, he's not just wiring 110 that, that, that can kill you too, but it's not, it's not that. It's the three-phase stuff that, that's horrible. And so my, my prayer is, and I, and I encourage him a lot, and Gina says, I tell him, you know, I, I don't ever want him to lose his fear and respect for electricity. Because if he, if he loses that fear and that respect, then he gets careless. And you don't even have to get careless around electricity. And it can, it can, it can be deadly or it can, it can you know do, do really, really bad things to your body if you survive. So um, even a lapse, a small lapse could be fatal. Folks, the electricity isn't nearly as deadly as sin in our lives. And that's the mentality we have to have. So sin is not to be played with. The devil is just looking for an opportunity to devour you and destroy your life, seeking whom he may devour. That's what Satan does. He is roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. It's not that he can just devour anybody. But you know what happens? You get a little sin in your life. You know what you do? You open yourself up. You open yourself up, you make yourself vulnerable because you, you get a little sin, you get a little careless, you drop your guard, you're in the wrong place. You think Satan's not watching? Eh, Satan's probably not watching. His minions are watching. He got some group of Brent and I were talking about this today. You know, I don't know that, I, I've shared this before. I don't know that Satan's ever once uh, would even know who I am. I, he's not an infinite in knowledge being. He's worried about the big powers that be. But he's got a whole structure of demons that are out working. And, and they may have a, a, an army. I don't know how many there are. there an army of them that are working on me. Do you think they don't know what my weaknesses are? You think they're not experts on what, what would be a temptation for me? And they're looking for me to drop my guard. And they're looking for me to get in a place where my feet shouldn't be and my eyes shouldn't be so they can cast a net on me. Satan's seeking whom he may devour. When you sin, you open up to be devoured. You do. Consequences of, of the truth. No sin is good, but some sins are worse than others. Okay, I want to explain this. So, see, there's a lot of layers to this. Now, when when I say sin is sin, even one little drop of sin, if it's a liquid in a big old, I mean, one drop in the ocean, it would be deadly. Okay, that's how sin is. There are different consequences. I mean, you see this even today. So let me explain. All right, so George Orwell, who's read Animal Farm? If you haven't read that book, I encourage you to read that book. It's an easy read. In the light of where our country is going today, I really encourage you to read that book. Really encourage you to read that book. When you're talking about communism and Marxism and, the, and that stuff, that book is, it's a, it's a, what would that, is that an allegory? Is that what that would be called? It's a story, but it's really an allegory of, I mean, you can see it. So, George Orwell's Animal Farm, he talks about the animals, they run off the oppressive, the, the oppressive farmer. They'd run him off. And then the animals just collectively, we're going to do all this together. We share everything, everything, everybody's equal. Well, the pigs began to rise in leadership. They were a little smarter. You know, pigs are smarter. The pigs are smart animals. They begin to rise up now. And they rise in in leadership position at the farm. And they begin living off the work of the other animals. And as time passed, they changed the rules. They put out these rules. They had a list of rules. And what was interesting is they began to change the rules. And somebody would come up and read the rules and go, well, I don't remember that being there, but I guess that's always been there. You know, I guess that was always the rule. No, that wasn't always the rule. They're changing the rules on you and then telling you that it's always been the w- that way. And so that's what was going on. And so they began to live off the other animals. And as time passed, they changed the rules to benefit themselves. And so the new rule, the pig said this, that all animals are equal. That was one of the rules. And they said all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others feel like America today? So clearly, clearly it's worse to drive 150 miles per hour than it is to double park. Make sense? They're they're both against the law. They're both against the law. An officer can write a ticket for either one, could write a ticket for both, but the ticket ain't going to be for the same amount. Ticket you're going to get, the penalty you're going to get for driving 150 is going to be different than the one you get for for double parking the car. Does that make sense? And you know, preacher, that's kind of a weak, weak analogy. All right, well, let me put it in some other terms. Would you rather someone look at your wife with lust or rape your wife? Preacher, that's kind of harsh. That sounds harsh, but I want you to see, I want you to understand there's a difference. Now, it's not that. Sin is sin. Is sin sin? Yes, sin is sin. Sin is sin. But there are different consequences for different sin. Would would God hold me to a, you know, how is it going to view if my sin, all right, I got one for you. If my sin, if the sin I have is rejecting Christ, the Holy Spirit of God convicts me and I reject Christ. It's the one unforgivable sin. We'll talk about it in the next if we'll get to the next lesson. But it's the next question. That's the one unforgivable sin. It's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It's, the, it's rejecting Christ. That's the one sin God will not forgive. Is If you do not accept the gift He's offered you, then you've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. You've, but you've rejected God and what He's done for you. What if I told a, a, a little bitty lie... What if I'm in World War II and I tell a little lie that saves ten Jews from being taken off and murdered? There's a difference there. Now, I, I think if I tell a lie, I mean, the Scripture said don't lie. So I think circumstances do play into that, but I still got to get that right with God. If, God. if God can, you know, if it's wrong, it's wrong. But there are different consequences for different sins, even in this life. We understand that, Right? Right? I hope we understand that. Sin is sin. Don't try to go, well, you know, his sin is horrid, you know, so my sin's not so bad. My sin, don't, don't take that approach. The sin is still, it, it's, it's still against a holy God. And we need to make sure we're right, right with him, right? So don't take that approach of, well, all sin's the same, all sin's the same, and, but, but you know, Brent, Brent's horrible. I'm a lot better person than Brent. I, I don't, I'm not, my sin's not nearly as bad as him or Jason. I mean, I know about Jason. His sin's horrid. So, you know, then I'm better than that. You know, we, we can't be balanced and play in this little game like that. Sin, when we have sin, we need to be confessed. We need to get those things right with God. Never excuse your sin by comparing it to another, the sin of another um, there's a story of a preacher that says, you hear about these guys messing up and committing adultery. He said, for everyone, uh, everyone who commits adultery, there are ten who compromise. And for every ten who compromise, there are a hundred who are proud. The compromising preachers and the proud preachers do far more harm to the cause of Christ than one preacher who commits adultery. And he says, remember David was called a man after God's own heart and, and, uh, before and after his sin. Well, that's not true. You go back, adultery, and if you study this out, adultery has greater consequences than other sins. There are, g- yes. Can I ask a good question? Sure. I'm a little lost, and I hope I don't make anybody upset, but I'm kind of confused. Were you here last week? No. Okay. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to last week, because it'll make a lot of sense. But are we talking about believers or unbelievers? Believers. Nope, didn't say a word about taking away your salvation. Just, nope. Just Absolutely. So do you, if you have sin in your life, do you think it affects your relationship with God? Does it affect your fellowship? The answer is yes. Yep. Well, yeah, I, I know that, but I'm just thinking, if i something I know I shouldn't do for me, yep. I immediately feel bad and confess. That's exactly right. Well, the, the problem is, and what I told him last week, because this was a, it would sort have of been better in one lesson. And I told him last week, I said, don't, don't, don't come to jump to conclusions, and get upset with me when you're hearing part of this, because there's a whole lot to this. This is unpacking this one is kind of like an onion. They don't all stink, but there's a lot of layers to it, okay? So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to last week and listen all the way through that and then take this and then you can put this together because I jumped over a whole lot of stuff laying, laying that, the foundation of that. There's a, this is a difficult, it's a difficult one. It's a hard conversation because when in God's eyes, sin is sin, right? God's eyes, sin is sin, there, if I'm guilty, and we talked about this last week, if I'm guilty of one, I'm guilty of all. So the scriptures make it very clear: if if I lie, I'm, I'm guilty of all the sins in the eyes of God, because because I'm just as guilty. Maybe is a better way to say that. I'm just as guilty because I'm I can't be any more lost than if I'm Hitler or if I've committed one sin. I'm just as lost. What's that? Is your sin forgiven? That may be the question. Yeah. Is their sin forgiven? Okay. That's a that's a great question because here's where people get hung up sometimes. Sometimes they think, okay, Jesus died back here. I got saved right here. But now I you know, so if I commit this sin, I'm going to lose my salvation or if I commit this sin, I'm going to lose my salvation. Mm-mm, doesn't work that way. What sin? What sin of mine? was on this side of the cross, not going back in history, but from the cross to the future, which of my sins are after the cross? Which of them? Are the sins before I got saved, did he just forgive up to that point? When he died on the cross, did he pay for my sins up till my salvation, or did he pay for all of my sin? All of it's paid for, right? We're there. All of our sin is paid for. Now, Jesse's my son. Right? There's nothing Jesse can do. Once he was born into my family, there's nothing Jesse can do to not be my son. But Jesse can lie to my face. Is that going to affect our relationship? It will, it will affect our fellowship. Until that is made right, Right, so as as his father, I'm going to be working to bring right relationship. I'm going to be working to son. That's what you did's not right. Now he can either rebel and say, "I don't care what you say, I I'll I'll have whatever attitude I want to have." And that's the kind of attitude a lot of Christians have. I don't care what the Bible says about that sin. God wants me to be happy. Okay. Um. But what what happens to restore that relationship is when Jesse comes back and he says, Dad, I'm sorry. Now, I don't see anywhere in Scripture where I I go and ask for forgiveness. Scripture says we confess our sin, right? There's there's a difference because how much of my sin has been forgiven? All of it. It's all forgiven. So we, we get caught up sometimes in the asking for forgiveness, but there has to be a change of heart. If I commit a sin and there's conviction, I need to do exactly what you said and confess that to make it right. If I don't, now I've got a problem because our relationship. Now I'm I'm just, I'm still his child, but fellowship is hurt by sin in my life. Does that make sense? That's why it's very important. I hope I cleared that up a little bit. So, um, more money. All right, so let me finish this part, and then then if you got more questions, all right. Uh, so adultery, going back to that. So, you know, this guy, this preacher says that that well, you know, adultery. They talk about a pastor that has adultery being so harmful, but but if if there's ten guys who compromise, and then for every ten, for every one of them, there's a hundred that that are proud. He says that does more damage to the. The body than than the one that commits adultery, and that's not true because adultery has greater consequences than the other sin. Go back and you read about adultery. It is it is a sin that is a it's it, there's a stigma that stays with that. There is a cur, a cursing really it feels like that stays with that with, with adultery. Can it be forgiven? Yes. Can the relationship with God, the fellowship with God, be restored? Yes but it, it's a sin that, that tends to stay with us, okay? So it's a, it's, it's a terrible sin. So we need to do that. The only time David, so this, this idea of, well, God was, God, you know, David was always called a, God, a, a man after God's own heart. As I've studied it, I only find that David was called a man after God's own heart, and that was before he was anointed king in 1 Samuel 13. He was called a man after God's own heart. It's quoted in the New Testament in Acts chapter 13. But it was never said after, it was never said of David after his sin with Bathsheba you look at David's life, David's life was never the same after his sin with Bathsheba. And you, you look at how it, it all started, we talk about the slide. It started with, I mean, he's hanging out at the house when he should be off at war with the rest of the men. He's, 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 in, he's in a backsliding mode. Now he's out, you know, it's, it's out, and oh, there just happens to be a woman down there bathing I wonder if David didn't know that was going on and David made sure to be out on the deck at that certain time. I don't know. I'm reading into that. Irregardless, he sees a woman bathing. He didn't go, oh, okay. Uh, 530, don't go out at 530. That's a temptation. So what happens? He ends up bringing her up. He commits adultery. She gets pregnant. It, le- it just leads again and again. Bad decision, bad decision, bad decision, bad decision to where he has her husband killed. The child dies, um, and you look at his family from there on. David, it, it, his life was a mess from then on. It was a mess. Now, could he be forgiven? Yes, and I believe he was forgiven. David was very repentant and broken and forgiven, but his life, the struggles that followed him were there. There are different consequences for different sin. If David had sped through the city and got a speeding ticket would it have had the same consequences that the sin of adultery had? See the point? There are different consequences for different sin. If sin is sin, that is a sin. It's something that needs to be confessed. But it'll break the relationship in a different way with God, the fellowship with God, and the consequences right here are different. Um, rest of the story, it turns out the preacher said that. was, having, he, was he was committing adultery. So it's interesting trying to maybe diminish how bad his sin was by talking about all these others, other sins. But let's lift them up, make them seem really, really bad so that this one doesn't seem, doesn't seem so bad. Martin Luther is said to have said, it is good for great Christians to have some sin in their lives so, that, so they can experience God's grace. I don't know if he actually said that or if it was just attributed to him. This is strong what I'm going to say, but I, I'll stand by it. I think that's a foolish statement, regardless of who said it. Because the way the statement reads to me, the way I read that, it's like it's, it's really good for you to commit a little sin so that you can experience a little grace or experience, experience a lot of grace. I think that's absolute foolishness. And the fact it is, it's hogwash. And the fact is, folks, what great you name me one great Christian that does not have a little sin in his life. Anybody in here? I didn't think so. I was going to tell you you do because you're a liar. (laughs) I'm I'm an arrogant liar because I have no sin in my life. Um, No, we, we all have sin. Look, if we can get out of the parking lot tonight, between now and getting out of the parking lot tonight, without some sin, you know, somebody cut you off in the parking lot and you didn't say anything and you smiled, but you were thinking something. You know, look, we're sinners. And we experience God's grace constantly, so maybe that's what he meant with that statement. That is not the way I read that statement. That's not the way I interpreted that statement. So if it's like, "Hey, I should commit a little sin so I can experience God's grace," no, you're gonna commit a little sin anyway. Every day you need God's grace because we struggle, right? We struggle with sin in our lives. We struggle with that. It's constant battle with sin. But I do know, I do know what uh, Paul said. Paul said in, in Romans six one it says. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? You know, Our attitude towards sin ought to be, I don't want to sin. Now, Paul, we understand the struggle. Paul said, you know, I don't do what I do want to do, and I do do what I don't want to do. He struggled. I'm glad Paul struggled. I'm glad Paul didn't say, I don't know about you, losers. But when I got saved, I didn't struggle with sin anymore. Because we'd be constantly going, man, we are terrible. We are absolutely, and we are terrible. But the fact is, the, the man that we would lift up who wrote most of the New Testament, and we would go, Paul, probably the greatest of all Christians. Paul struggled. He struggled. He struggled with sin. It wasn't just he had just absolute victory. Paul said, I have not arrived. I keep pressing on, I keep striving. It's a, it's a struggle, it's a battle. And so it is important for us to keep the list short. You, 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 God reveals something in your study, you realize and you go, oh man, my attitude on that's wrong. Don't say I'll pray about it later. Pray about it right then. When, when, you, when you say something, you realize, oh, you know, right? The, the Holy Spirit, if you're born again, when you sin, the Holy Spirit brings conviction. And He don't wait around till it's a convenient moment. He jumps on you right then, and it's loving, and it's compassion. He's like, that's not right, Conrad. You know that's not right. That attitude is wrong. You need to get that right. I had a, I had a thing a few weeks ago. I, I'm just giving you an example where where... I knew something with our staff. I called the staff. We were, we were all passing the hall, and I stopped them. I said, Hey, I need, to, I, need to, I need to ask you guys to forgive me. I said, My attitude on this has been wrong. And, and, and things I've said were wrong, and I'm asking you to forgive me. And and they were very gracious. And, but that's where we have to, we have to deal with that. We've got to get it right with God, and if it's something we need to get right with somebody else, we need to get it right with them. Don't don't have a long list of of things where you, I got this whole list. No, keep the list really short. You want your your fellowship to be right with God all the time. You don't want to be because of sin in your life. And so when we do have sin, we need to confess that sin. We need to repent of that sin. Repent is turning away. It's a change of mind. Because if I'm in sin, if I don't repent, I don't have a change of mind, I'll just continue in that sin. I haven't had a change of mind about that sin. I'm just going to continue in it. There has to be a, a, a turning from it and turning to Christ, confessing it and, and getting that fellowship back right with God. And boy, you can feel it. How many of you, just raise your hand if you've had those times where you knew there was sin in your life and you can feel the break. And you're just like, man, Lord, where, where are you, Lord? You feel it, right? And when you confess and you get that right, you get it right with the Lord, it's a weight that comes off. You feel the... the, the it's, like, it's like when you, you know... When your wonderful wife and you snap at her and you know you hurt her feelings and it's just, it's just lingering there and then you finally suck up your pride and you go back and say, Gina, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Man. And she goes, fat chance. <laughs> no, she'd never do that. She'd never do that. She said the first 30 times, that was fine. But now, no. No, she, she's very gracious and she says, I forgive you. It's okay. I understand. And then that burden comes off and the relationship is, is the fellowship is restored. We're still married. She still loves me. But boy, you can do stuff that it breaks the fellowship, right? Got to get that right. Make sense? Yeah. Any questions? Okay. That was, a, that was a great question. Go back and listen to the first part of that. It's a, it's a... I got eight pages of notes I think that we worked through. There's a lot in there. There's a lot of layers to that topic. And you can't just take one and go, this is the blanket. I mean, Eric, you go read through the Old Testament. There are a lot of things people did that you go, how is God okay with that? <laughs> no questions? Well, I got a great topic, for our next topic. I'm ready. I'm going to teach on what you want me to teach you on. I've got three pages. I'll never get through it in four minutes, though. <laughs> so next week's topic is this. People who commit suicide automatically go to hell. You ever heard that? Raise your hand if you ever heard that. Okay. I'm just going to give you the answer now, and then we'll answer it fully next week. Here's my answer. You hear it in my best Trump voice. Wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. Okay. That's probably a bad Trump, but that's, uh, that's, uh, that's wrong. That's wrong. And I'll explain. I'll, we'll go through the scriptures and, and help you to understand why that that is just bad teaching, bad, bad, bad teaching. Okay, all right, a little, a little bit early tonight. That's better than being a lot late. So, a little early. We'll pray. Any questions, comments, anything? As we wrap up. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I feel bad. I wasn't here last week. <laughs> you shouldn't feel bad. I- If you ain't got no better excuse than that, you should just, that's, no. That's a terrible thing. Look, you don't, you don't, you don't have to feel bad, okay? You don't have to feel bad. You are forgiven. I have nothing to forgive you for, but you are forgiven. So you, 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 that's right. You confessed it and it's exactly right. It's forgiven. It's under the, it's under the blood. It was already forgiven. So now, now I'm, I'm better now. Our because you confessed it. Our fellowship is restored. <laughs> I love you. I appreciate you. Yes, ma'am. I don't think Lori with would, would care of me telling the story, but in Sunday school we were talking about fleeing from sin, and she said I have a problem with those donuts out there. And she said, but I don't go hang around looking at the donuts. I flee from. Them that was pretty funny. <laughs> it is. I, I don't, those donuts, you know, and anybody the donuts tempt you? Does anybody the donuts tempt you? Who, who in here, the donuts on Sunday morning, do not tempt you one bit? I can, they don't tempt me, not in the slightest. That's not a struggle for me. But if it was, I'm going to flee from it. That ain't even, that ain't even, I mean, I, walk, I actually go by some, you've probably seen me, I walk by and look at them. Just thinking, I wonder if any one of them's going to go, eat me. And they never do because I just, I just <laughs> They're not. They're not. But they're, they're just, uh, yeah, they might be. Actually, they may be. They're, uh, if you have a problem with them like me and I don't need to eat them, it probably would be. But I don't, it's not that. But it's not a temptation at all. And there's some sin that, that there's some things that every person's got their things. The things that you know and you need, to be, you need to be very self-aware as a believer of what you struggle with. And if you struggle with something, if it's a temptation, you need to flee it. Don't linger. Flee. Resist Satan. He'll flee from you. Flee temptation. Flee lust. Get away from those things that are a problem for you. Good comment. All right. Lord, thank you for our time together. Lord, I pray you'll watch over and keep us safe tonight. And uh, Lord, we just again want to tell you that we love you. We thank you for loving us, thank you for Jesus, your son that you sent for our sin to take our punishment, make a way for us to be redeemed, to be brought back, bought back and brought into right relationship with you and fellowship with you to be to be saved, to be born again, to be a child of God. We are just we're we're absolutely blown away by that. May we never lose that sense of awe of what you have done for us. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hope you have a great...